Right now, we're the only thing that is holding back our prayers, our actions, us presenting the gospel when we get a chance. Is the only thing that's really keeping evil from running rampant on this earth. When, when the presence of the church, universal, is withdrawn from this earth, it is going to take a big turn really, really quick. Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We've been looking at, for the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, kind of a concern that was on my heart. I felt compelled to talk about it. As I shared with you, the thing that sparked the whole thought was I was looking at the calendar. We were working out things that we were going to accomplish this year, 2019. And so my thought was, what's the next big thing on our calendar? And then it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, what's the next big thing on God's calendar? And in the realm of things, we are in the church age right now. And there are lots of things that are going on, and we need to be watchful. Heard a story one time. This was back in the old days, depression times. Times were tough, and this little boy, he was in school and just learning how to tell time. And, man, it was coming up on Christmas time, and he absolutely, what he wanted more than anything in the world was a watch. And so he would make mention of it to his dad. Boy, I hope for Christmas I get a watch. And, and uh, uh, you know, just every time he'd get a chance, he would drop that little hint in there. And finally the dad told him, said, son, listen, you've mentioned that watch several times today. And I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but times are tough. And we just don't have the money. And he said, so I don't want to hear another word about the watch. I don't want to hear you say another word about it. I feel bad enough about it that we can't get it for you. But right now you're getting on my nerves. So just stop talking about the watch. Little boy dropped his head, okay. So that night at supper, they had to, this family had a, had a habit of uh, doing a little devotion around the supper table. So they all gathered around the supper table and... He says, okay, rather than just uh, talk about our prayer requests and things tonight, he said, I want everybody to go around the room and tell me what your favorite scripture is. So everybody takes their turn about, oh, John three sixteen, you know, all the good ones. And finally, it comes this little boy's turn. And he said, well, he said, my favorite scripture is Mark thirteen thirty seven. Everybody's looking, well, Mark thirteen thirty seven. what does that say? And he said, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. <laughs> So the Lord, in many different ways, many different places, told us to be watchful. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians says it this way, Wake up! The time is at hand. And the thing that we've got to be mindful of is the next big thing on God's calendar is the return of His Son. Now, I have over the last couple of weeks looked at that in depth. Look, we've looked at uh, several scriptures, and there are many, many more. As I told you, in the in the New Testament alone, there's three over 300 references to the second coming of Christ. Now we know how that's going to happen, and we've talked about that at great length. If you haven't been here, be sure to tune in. Zach will have those online for you soon enough. We can also, I think, still make CDs. I'll have to. I'll have to check on that. Emily's looking at me really baffled at this point because she doesn't know for sure. I'll have to talk to Zach. I think we still can make a CD, but here's the deal. We quit making CDs because nobody has a CD player anymore. 
and there's not really any kind of media. That's the, that's the issue at hand. We're going to talk about this today a little bit, that that's going to be a problem in the future. But here's the deal. We know what the Bible says about it. And we know, I know, it sounds outrageous. Christ is going to return in the clouds, catch away or pluck away or snatch away. I've given you the example. I held up a crisp $20 bill, and my wife came up here and yanked it out of my hand and kept it. And here's the deal. That's exactly how it's going to happen. It tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we won't read everything today, so Emily, don't worry about putting that up there. But Paul says, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant concerning those which have already died in the Lord. Because when the Lord comes back, it's going to be he himself. It's the Lord himself is going to descend with a, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And at that moment, the dead in Christ are going to rise. They go first. Why? I've explained it the last two weeks. Because they got six feet further to go. Okay? Simple logic explains why it's going to happen that way. Okay, it says, then we which are alive and remain, and Paul wrote that, assuming that he would be alive at that moment. Because he said, we which are alive and remain. See, here's the deal. It's a mystery. Nobody knows the hour. Jesus himself in Matthew 24 says, nobody knows the hour. Not him, not he himself, Jesus, not the angels in heaven. No man knows the hour, no one but the Father. Why is that? I think it's because Jesus loves us enough. If he knew the hour and the day, he would have told us. And guarantee you that if this was the day and this was the hour, there wouldn't be room enough to seat everybody. We've, uh, I've given you the opportunity over the last couple of weeks to present questions to me. And most everybody's done it in, in the way of in, in leaving after the service. Oh, what about this and what about that? Last week, I kind of answered most of those questions. And this week... We're going to look at, because uh, of the sheer number of people that haven't been here, we're going to look at what to do if you miss the rapture. What to do if you miss the rapture. Boy, y'all got awfully quiet whenever I said that. Here's the deal. If you're saved and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Woo, see there? We're going. It's like I said, I don't know when that bus is leaving, but I've got my ticket, so I'm going in the first load. But here's the deal. If you are not saved, or you have a family member that's not saved, or you have a friend that's not saved, or you have a co-worker that's not saved, or you, ha you know someone, a neighbor, somebody's going to go through your stuff when you are gone. Amen? Write this down. Ten things to do if you miss the rapture, okay? This would be a good thing. Type it out, write it out, whatever it is, but take notes this morning, or, uh, it, of course, it'll be online and soon enough, but I'm, I'm just, I, I got to thinking about it. One of the big questions that people have asked me, even during this, well, what, what would happen if you don't make the rapture? Because here's the thing. We know that there's going to be lots of people that are not going, and we know that the time is drawing near. Matthew 24 says, whenever you begin to see wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, uh, pestilence, which means disease of all kinds, 
And when you look at Matthew 24 and you go kind of go, hmm, that sounds like the headlines of today's newspapers. He tells us in that basically it's a signless occurrence. Whenever he comes back, there's going to be things that if we're watching, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Okay, you won't remember any other scripture in this in this lifetime, but you'll remember Mark thirteen thirty seven, won't you? <laughs> what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. If we're watching, it says that if we're watching, we'll see him, and we'll know when his coming is. M- Matthew twenty four says, whenever you begin to see these things happen, it's like watching a fig tree in the spring bloom. How many of you got fig trees in your yard? Okay, a few. And how many knows what that means? Uh, just in a couple of months, we're going to have some figs and be able to make some preserves or eat those rascals. Uh, how many of you like figs? Oh, my goodness. What's wrong with the rest of you? <laughs> they are so good. Anyway, here's the deal. How many of you like fig newtons? Oh, yes, more like fig newtons than anything. Okay, we got you. But here's the deal. What it says is whenever you see that fig tree beginning to blossom, you know summer's coming. It says whenever you see a tree full of buzzards, uh, what's the assumption there? There's something dead nearby, okay? He says, you're going to be able to see, if you're watching, you're going to be able to see that these things are beginning to happen. And whenever you see that, buckle your seatbelt, because it's fixing to happen, okay? So here's the deal. If, by chance, we are not saved, we don't know the Lord, all these things are happening, and again, I'm not going to go back through all the scriptures that we've gone through. We've done that for a couple of weeks now. We've I'm more than proving the point. The Lord's coming back. He even tells us that whenever we celebrate communion, it says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me, because every time you do it, you celebrate the Lord's death to what? Till he comes again. And see, here's the thing. Sometimes we, in church world, we read it over and over and over again till we almost get numb to it. He's coming back, y'all. Amen. And in case you hadn't read the end of the book, we win. Amen? That's the best part of it all. So if he comes back, again, as I, as I have shared with you, it's going to be in two stages. The first time he comes back, just like in the beginning of Acts, it tells us that Jesus appeared to the disciples for 40 days after the resurrection, was seen by many, many people, appeared to huge crowds. This wasn't some happenstance that that happened in secrecy. He appeared to many, many people. And so he's standing there with them, and he begins to ascend to heaven. And they are standing there slack-jawed, watching him go up into the clouds. And suddenly there are angels that are standing by him and said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing here with your mouths open as as you have seen him go in like manner, shall he come again, which means he's going to come in the clouds. That's the first part of his second coming. He's going to appear in the clouds, going to snatch the church out of here. We are gone. From Revelation chapter 3 to Revelation chapter 20, the church is not mentioned. You can look it up, you can study it out like I have, and you will see that from the end of Revelation chapter 3 all the way to Revelation chapter 21, No church mentioned. It's all about Israel. It's all about the happenings over there. I don't know if if our country will be taken out somehow or whatever it is, but there's lots of things that are going to happen. Whenever we are gone, 
One of the big misconceptions in church world is that whenever the rapture of the church happens is that you will no longer be able to be saved. Wrong answer. Nothing in there about that. That is one of those wives' tales that has been told and told and told and everybody believes it. Now, it's going to be more difficult to be saved and because the presence of the church is gone, there's not going to be a lot of good news, a lot of gospel being preached. So you're going to have to kind of hunt it out. So here's the deal. I need to get on with this because it is, uh, we've got a lot to talk about in a short time to get there. So buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. The 411, before it's time to call the 911, what do I do if I miss the rapture? Again, it'd be good to take notes on this, to leave for somebody that you know that you love that maybe won't make it, okay, or that you don't think will at this present moment. Number one, realize what just happened. There are going to be lots of people that are missing. There's going to be lots of people that are gone. Again, we've talked about it just as kind of a byline. If you were on an airplane at the moment of the rapture of the church and the pilot and the co-pilot are both Christians, you're in trouble. Okay? So (laughs) here's the deal. You ain't going to have to worry about it much if you are on that plane. If you're riding a bus and the bus driver's a a believer, guess what? You better better hold on because it's going to be a rough ride. But realize what just happened. It is... The, the, the rapture of the church. Whenever all of a sudden, and there, there's going to be tons of people that are gone, this is what is going to open the door and give rise to the, to the leadership of the Antichrist. He's going to be on the world scene. We don't know who he is. All we know is what it says about him in the Bible. We don't have a name or a, or a picture to look at. But he's, it, it says he's already going to be in place, but until that time that uh, there's some sort of emergency... And he's going to rise up at that time and basically tell the world, if you guys will just, just let me take the reins, I'm going to take care of this. And at first, he's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. He is absolutely going to look like he is fantastic. It, it, it tells us he's going to come and look like a man of peace, look like he's going to bring world peace to to pass that has never happened ever in the history of the world, he's going to look really good. But realize, if you are here and there's suddenly lots of people that you knew that went to church that were believers in Christ, maybe somebody had talked to you about the Lord, and you just kind of blew them off or didn't listen to them or whatever, and all of a sudden everybody that ever did that in your life is gone, realize what took place. It is the rapture of the church. There's still hope, and that we're going to get to that. But realize what just happened, and as we talked about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this would be a good place to note that 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us what has happened. Paul says, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant, okay? And, and we can read it really, really quick here. First uh, Thessalonians four thirteen through 18, Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen when the believers who have died so that no one will grieve as others who have no hope since... We believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again. We also believe that when Jesus returns, there's more proof. He's coming back. God will bring with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. Paul says, this is a revelation that I got from the Lord, that we who are living 
When the Lord returns, we'll not meet him ahead of those who have died, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a, with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves together, and uh, uh, I think I missed, I missed something on that other one. Then, then together with them, uh, we who are alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and then we will be with the Lord forever. As I shared with you those last two weeks, we will not. There's another second big misconception about that is that we're going to face judgment whenever that happens. Eh, Wrong answer. If you go up, you have already been judged. Paul says if you will judge yourself, you will not be judged. And uh, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 says that he, he has come once to pay for the penalty of sin for all. And when he comes again, there will be no reminder or no uh, 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 referencing our sin. He has come to bring salvation to, unto all those who eagerly await him, okay? So if we go up, we've already been judged. So that's what just happened. So if you make note of that, First Thessalonians chapter 4, for somebody who might be left behind, be awesome if they could read that, okay? So number two, re- I mean, number one, realize what just happened. Number two, don't believe a lie. Do you realize how our mass media spins things? It's not what they say, it's how they say it. I had a journalism class way back in high school, and for some of you that you you think that the dinosaurs were still roaming the earth in, but not so. We had journalism classes back then, and I'll never forget that there's one thing that, that there's a few little snippets of things that I learned in high school and otherwise that I will remember forever, and one of them was this. Because this was back in the days of the Cold War. Russia, United States, going to be a big atomic uh, war and all this kind of stuff. But this guy said, every time everybody gets a chance, they're going to try to spin things toward their nation. And he said, if right now Russia and the United States decided we're going to work out all of our problems and we're going to have a foot race. And the United States picks out their fastest runner, and Russia picks out their fastest runner, and they have a foot race, and they run for a quarter mile. And he said, the United States runner wins. He said, tomorrow in the Russian papers, it will read, Russians finish second in big race, Americans next to last. And our papers are going to say, we won the big race. But the Russians' papers are going to say, Russians finished second in big race, Americans next to last. Do you understand what I'm telling you? They're going to spin this whenever all of a sudden there are tons of people who are gone. And guess what? They're all believers in Christ. They are not going to print in the newspapers, rapture has taken place. It's going to be UFOs. It's going to be... Global warming and climate change has suddenly made people melt. It's going to be a wormhole from space came in and sucked them out. It's going to be everything but the truth. So if you are here, trust me, the newspapers the next day will not say, we missed it. What they've been saying for all those years was true. Not going to happen. Not going to be there. There's going to be some reason, some big reason... UFOs came and got them. They melted because of global warming. Uh, Something is going to be told in the place of the truth. And here's the thing. 
It tells us in 2 Thessalonians, it says that there'll be many, many, many because the, the, the spirit of deception will be very strong at that time because, see, here's the, the presence of the church will be gone. Right now, we're the only thing that is holding back our prayers, our actions, us presenting the gospel when we get a chance. Is the only thing that's really keeping evil from running rampant on this earth. When, I, when the presence of the church, universal, is withdrawn from this earth, it is going to take a big turn really, really quick. And so they're not going to present you the truth at least in, in its entirety. There's gonna, they're going to admit people are gone, but they're going to make up a reason why. And it tells us in Second Thessalonians that that spirit of deception and delusion will be so strong that if possible, even the very elect would believe a lie and be damned. You've got to know what's happened and don't believe what they're going to tell you. Okay? Number three. Uh, repent and believe uh, right then. Amen. It's not too late. There are many, many references all the way through the Bible, all the way through the book of Revelation about those who have come through great tribulation and washed their robes white. In other words, that they got saved during the tribulation. There's going to be many of those people who are martyred. In other words, killed because of their testimony of Christ. But it is not too late to be saved. So if you realize what's happened, don't believe the lie and get right with God as soon as you possibly can. Amen? I mean right on the spot. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, Revelation chapter 7, Revelation chapter 20, Matthew 25, all reference the fact that there will be people that will be saved through the tribulation. Okay? I'm just giving you those so you can write them down because here's the next thing. If you don't make the rapture, you are left behind. Number four, uh, get a printed Bible now. The reason I say a printed Bible is because the ones on our phones won't be around very long. At this particular moment, it is a battle of good and evil. And the people that are left behind other than those who are going to be saved, are evil, and I'm talking about to the nth degree. And they are not going to like it. fact is, it tells us, as we studied through Revelation a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, it says that all these calamities, all these, if you've ever read the book of Revelation and you see there's going to be trumpets that sound, there's going to be horses that come out, all of the apocalypse is what many people refer to it as. All these things are going to begin to take place and it's going to be plagues on the earth. And... All this time, it says, and they realized where it was coming from, and still they would not repent. They are not going to allow themselves to be saved. And let me tell you, Bibles are the thing that they are going to do away with, numero uno. They don't want that getting out. And so you're, uh, you, you can say, well, I've got a Bible on my phone. Find a printed Bible somewhere. Again, if somebody's going through your stuff and finds this list, Leave a Bible with your list. Put the list in the Bible, amen, so that they'll be able to find it. And if you find one, begin to study it. There are a few places that are going to lead you in the right direction. Matthew 24, uh, the book of Daniel, uh, the book of Ezekiel, um, Revelation, uh, Romans chapter 11 is going to explain a lot to you. 
I'm telling you this, you've already clapped your hands, so you said you knew Jesus. (laughs) So the deal is, this is not for you, this is for somebody that's left behind. You're going to find this list that you're making out. So you need to get a printed Bible, and you need to start studying it. Those are the things you need to study. Number five, pray. And that seems a little perfunctory, it seems a little basic, seems a little elemental. But here's the thing, you're going to need to pray. During this time, you're going to have to pray for wisdom. You're going to have to pray for courage. You're going to have to pray for strength. You're going to have to pray for God to to keep you in the right place at the right time and to keep you safe during this time. Because I'm telling you, the first little bit of of the tribulation, which is that time from the time Christ comes back in the clouds until he comes back and steps foot on the earth, seven years, seven years. Look at your neighbor and say, seven years. That seven years is going to be hell on earth, especially for the last half of it. The last three and a half years is going to be absolutely nightmarish. Your worst nightmare, the biggest, worst horror movie you've ever seen, times ten. Okay? Going to be lots and lots of things. We we, uh, went through that as we studied through Revelation a few years back. But the thing that you've got to pray for is the Lord would keep you and help you to win anybody else that needs to be saved. Number six, do yourself no harm. I have listened to people, talk to people, that they said, well, if I miss the rapture, first thing I do is kill myself. Okay, serious subject. But don't do that. Especially because in the last three and a half years, you ain't going to be able to do that. Y'all got awfully quiet. It says that people will seek death and it will not be found. They will try to kill themselves and they won't be killable. You can try to blow your brains out and you'll just walk around without half of a head. Going by what the Bible says, not the most fun sermon I've ever preached or the best point I've ever made, but that's the way it's going to be. It tells us that you, you won't be able to. Revelation 9, 6, it says they'll seek death, but it will not come. You can be martyred, you can be killed for your testimony of Christ, but you cannot kill yourself. So don't do it. It tells us in many, many places in the New Testament, the one that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. If you've missed the rapture, don't miss the the next one. Amen? Keep yourself, it's going to be tough. I'm not kidding you. If you're making notes for somebody you love or somebody that might find this and, and is left behind, put down there, going to be tough. Okay? Just prepare them. Uh, tell them I said it. <laughs> tell them pastor said it's going to be tough. Okay, so don't do yourself any harm. Endure to the end. And you may be martyred. You may have to give up your life because of the testimony of Christ. But... That brings us to the next point. Do not take the mark or worship the image of the beast. Um, in this time, and th- this is Emily, that scripture that I had him put in there, First Thessalonians, or I mean, uh, excuse me, not First Thessalonians, but Revelation, yeah. It is Revelation chapter 13, and uh, this is what it says. Uh, and the beast, this is talking about the, the Antichrist, the beast, was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. So that means we are going to be on the, on the short end of the stick. 
and if you're left behind. If we are saved now, we're already going to be gone. And he was given authority to rule every tribe and every people and language and nation. This is the, that world power that's going to come to pass. And all the people, this is the next screen there, and all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. And they are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. So in other words, before the world was ever made, before there was ever a uh, let there be, uh, God knew who was going to be saved, and he's not going to let all this happen until everybody's saved. Okay, so anyone who hears uh, with ears uh, should listen and understand. Anyone with ears to hear. You got your ears on. Amen. And Doug would love that because that's a CB reference. Got your ears on. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone who is destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure. There you go. Endure to the end. Persecution patiently and remain faithful. And then I saw another beast come up out of the earth, and he had two horns like, that, uh, like those of a lamb. In other words, he's going to appear like he could be the Messiah. But he spoke with the voice of a dragon. And he exercised all authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and his people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he did astounding miracles. This is going to be in a day and a time. In that seven years, there are going to be people that are going to come, and they're going to look like they are something else. It says he did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everybody was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. In other words, if you don't belong to the, to the Lord, you belong to this world. And he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. And he was permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Okay? Understand, we don't know this could be a hologram, this could be... Anyway, it's going to happen. It's going to look like it's speaking... And then this statue of the beast, uh, and then uh, the statue of the beast commanded anyone refusing to worship it must die. And he required everyone, small and great and rich and poor and free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Okay, we talked about this when we studied through the book of Revelation. Everybody has always assumed this is this is third assumption that could be wrong. Okay, everybody's always said it'd be on the back of the hand. But there's a lot of proof and a lot of wording that whenever somebody said something was in your hand, what does it mean if somebody put something in your hand? Does it mean you put it on the back of it? No, it means you put it in their hand. And it's either going to be on your forehead or on your hand so that you can show your allegiance to the beast. Any, anybody ever seen anything that looked slightly like that before? Okay. It's going to be in your forehead or on your right hand. Now, here's the deal. If you're like me, if you go in somewhere where they got to stamp your hand, where they know that you paid to get in, I always hand them my left hand. Just me. Ain't nobody going to slip one in on me. <laughs> okay, you go to the gun show and they say, let me stamp your hand here. I turn backward in the line let them stamp my left hand. But it's not going to be by mistake. You're going to know what you're taking when you take that mark. And it is going to be a willing acceptance. I'm aligned with him. And so just be aware that this is going to happen. And here's the deal. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark. 
That's why some people suppose, in this day and time especially, that it could be a chip as well as an insignia. That, like, when you go to the store, boop, pass your hand over it. Hmm, seems like we've almost got that these days, don't we? Because we just whip out the boop. See, they're working it, working it that direction. They're getting us used to all that. Do you realize that cash is going away? A couple of years ago, we refinanced our house. They called us and said, you can get this wonderful, wonderful low interest rate. If I'd have known all the hoops I was going to have to jump through, I'd have kept paying the higher one. But here's what absolutely blew these people away. And I spent hours on the phone at different times explaining to them why my paycheck and my deposit did not match. Blew their minds. Here's what you make, but why is your deposit... $200 less Uh, because I get cash. Cash? I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. I spent hours explaining to them why my check and my deposit did not match on different occasions. You can ask my wife. I finally just, I told them, I said, what is it that you cannot understand? I'm not going to be out without some cash. Cash will no longer work during this time frame because they are going to know everything about you. They're going to know where you're at. They're going to know what you're doing. And here's the thing. I I love technology. I've said this. I've stated this many, many times. I love technology. And, boy, that worked out just right. Technology. (laughs) We couldn't have timed that any better. And I didn't call him, I promise. But how many of you, your your credit card is in, in your phone? And the minute you go to buy something, you find something online, put it in the cart, and it says, do you want to use this, this credit card that's already on there? Nobody? Gosh, I'm a, okay. Me and Angie, we're the ones. And Regina, thank you, Regina. And Chad. <laughs> and Piper gave him up. <laughs> but here's the deal. They're going to know every transaction you make. So there, there's several things that you're going to have to know and look at. We're going we're gonna to get to that. But uh, here's the thing we're going to have to realize that you don't want to take the mark of the beast. Yes, you may have to go hungry. Yes. Miss Emma said this many, many times. She and I have talked about this at great length. She said, I don't know what I'd do if I had babies and they were hungry. You're going to have to let them babies go hungry. You're going to have to scrounge something up on your own because you cannot take the mark of the beast. It tells us on in Revelation, if you take the mark or you worship the beast, it's all over. You cannot be saved. Okay? So don't take the mark of the beast. Again, this is not the happiest. This is not the sermon that's going to let you you leave shouting. But here's the deal. You need to know it, and somebody else needs to know it. So don't take the mark of the beast. And it goes on. It says no one can buy or sell anything uh, uh, without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or his number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Yes and amen. Uh, let one, uh, let the one uh, with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of the of a man. His number is six six six. And we've all, everybody's, you know, I've known people that went to check out and it came up six six six, and they said, "Let me buy something else or take something off the counter." Some of you're nodding. <laughs> it is just simply some representation of his name. Here's the problem: we don't know if it was Latin, we don't know if it was Greek, we don't know if it was Aramaic. 
There's even some of the earliest written text that actually have it as 616. So here's the deal. What we've got to know is look at the situation. We don't know what his name is. We don't know what 666 represents at this particular moment. I think we will at that time. So don't take the mark. That's, the, that's this whole point. We don't know if it's going to be a tattoo. We don't know if it's going to be. There are some references in the word to that mark that mean it's, uh, it's going to be like a, a branding. You know, like burned into the skin. Some, some people assume it's going to be a tattoo. Some people assume it's going to be a chip. But whatever it is, it's going to be something that's visible because it's instantly going to line us with him. Okay? Number eight, don't give up hope. And it seems pretty hopeless at this point, doesn't it? Okay? It's going to be tough. Again, right down there, pastor's telling you right now, uh, January 13th, 2019, if you are left behind and find this note, it's going to be tough. It is going to be a, a bad time, but don't give up hope. Uh, don't don't give over to sin. Don't give in to doing things. Some of the some of the uh, things that are going to happen during this time. It uh, talks about that there be sorcerers. That word in the original language is pharmakia, which is where we get our modern day word pharmacy, which represents drugs. It's going to be a time of rampant drugs uh, like it isn't already. There's going to be lots of people using lots of things to kind of zone out during this time because it's going to be a tough time. Don't do drugs. Don't give in to drinking. Don't give in to sexual immorality. That's one of the big things that's going to be, it's going to be out there during this time because the presence of the church is going to be withdrawn. So don't give up hope and don't give up at all. Endure till the end. Number nine. Try to become as much self-reliant, self-sufficient. I'm not saying this to do it without the Lord, but I'm telling you right now, get away from the big cities. Try to raise your own food. Get get disconnected from digital money. Uh, Money itself, paper money is going to be worthless. You're not going to be able to spend it. You're not going to be able to buy or sell. We've already talked about that. Silver and gold be a good investment. See, here's the thing. I don't have silver and gold because I'm planning on being gone. <laughs> Amen. But if you are left behind, try to get some silver and gold because that's going to be the currency that you're going to have to use. Try to become self-reliant, self-sufficient. Disconnect. Get rid of this thing right here as quickly as possible because they're going to try to hunt down every person that's a believer. And guess what this thing right here does? It tells them exactly where you are. How many of you have gotten in your vehicle in the last little bit that have a have a smartphone and it comes up and says 20 minutes to where you work? Because they know where you are and where you're headed in advance, ahead of time. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? Sometimes I'll get, I'll jump in the vehicle and it knows what days I'm I'm off and do different things. Like on Fridays, I don't usually have office hours. And so on Fridays, it's learned that I do certain things and go certain places at different times. So on Friday, it comes up and says so many minutes to something. So they're going to know where you are and they're going to know what you're doing. So try to become self-sufficient. Get rid of you, mainly water and food. Again, it's going to come down to survival. And number 10, if you are taken, if you are arrested, 
If you are uh, put in prison, because that's what the Bible says, you'll be arrested and put in prison for your testimony of Christ. If you are put in prison, if you're arrested and they're threatening to lop off your head, unless you deny Jesus, let them lop off your head. We don't know persecution. Thankfully. Thank God. I think we live, it's not a perfect nation, but it's the best nation in the whole wide world. Amen. I still bleed red, white, and blue when you cut me. I love this country. I think it's the best thing out there. But here's the deal. Times are going to change. And just like it says, whenever Joseph was Pharaoh's right-hand man, it says there arose a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. And the persecution came to God's people. And they were enslaved. It's going to happen. This thing says it. And I don't know about you, but I believe my Bible. It's proven itself to be true too many times for me to begin to doubt it now. And so what it tells us is there's this time coming, and I know it's hard for us to imagine. And it's hard for us sometimes to wrap our brain around the fact that the Lord's going to come back and bada-boom, bada-bing, we're going to be gone. But it says it. So here's the deal. The best answer to the whole entire question, what to do if you, if you miss the rapture, is don't miss the rapture. Amen? Seek the Lord while he may be found. And guess what? We are still in that time frame. So if you are here this morning, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, because my concern is that you not be lost. If you are here this morning and you can say in your heart, I I don't know if it were to happen this morning. I don't know if I would make it. I don't know if I would go. Then guess what? You've still got time. And you've still got opportunity. And there is nothing wrong with saying, I am lost and I need a Savior. Because all of us that have already been to the cross have done that same thing. I did that all those years ago. I realized, I heard the gospel, and I realized that I I wouldn't make it. If I were to have died today, back then, I'm saying, if I were to die that day, I knew without a shadow of a doubt I would go to hell. And I came to the conclusion... I don't want to go to hell. Amen? There's only one way not to. That's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father except by Him. John chapter 14. So if you are here this morning and you are in doubt, I beg you, I plead to you, I would get down on my knees if it would make a difference to you. And I would say, make it right today.
I won't be judged anymore. And this is what it says, he, he's coming again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly await him. Amen. Those that are watching and waiting, those that are ready, those that, that are, are prepared when that time comes that he is going to come back and get them. Somebody ought to be saying amen about right there. <laughs> so here's the deal. This is going to be a good thing. If we are ready, it's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened. It is going to be so awesome. I don't know about you. Again, my mind works continually, and I, I have thought about this. I have worked out the rapture in so many different ways. I mean, like I said last week, if you were on a plane and unsaved at that time, and both those pilot and co-pilot are Christians, you are in trouble. But I've thought about this. See, I, I think it's the very thing that there'll be so many people that'll be snatched away, plucked out, that that's what gives rise to the Antichrist being in power. Because there's going to be so many people out of pocket, and they're going to make up all kind of conspiracies, and they're going to come up with UFOs took them, and all this kind of stuff. And I think the Antichrist is going to say, hey guys, because he's already going to be on the scene, probably on the scene right now. We just don't know who he is yet. And he's going to say, if you guys will just give me a chance, I'll bring everybody together. And it's going to be under the guise of peace. That's what Revelation tells us. And that's what gives rise to the Antichrist. The good thing is, we ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> you need to have your lamp trimmed and lit. You need to be ready all the time, watching and waiting. But here's the deal. There's so many things in our New Testament. Again, almost 320 scriptures related to this time when it happens. So he's going to come in the air, and he's going to pluck us out of here. Then we will go away with him for seven years. Three and a half years into that is, is not a terrible time. It's going to be bad enough, but that's when the, the Antichrist is coming to reign. And for the first little part of that, it's going to seem like peace on earth. Three and a half years in is what begins what is called the Great Tribulation. And that last three and a half years of that seven is going to be hell on earth. And I don't use that term lightly. Let me tell you, friend, you don't want to go through that. I've said, I said it last week. I'll say it again. There's some people that say a pre-trib pre rapture of the church. Some say mid-trib. Some say post-tribulation rapture of the church. A post-tribulation rapture of the church means nothing. If God's elect, if God's own people are going to have to go through hell on earth, what's the point? At the very least, it's going to be a mid-trib rapture, but I do believe that the preponderance of the evidence in the New Testament points toward a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. If you believe in post-trib, don't get your nose out of joint at me. Amen? I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. I'm just telling you what I read in the Bible. And as I've said many, many times, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but I've got my ticket and I want to go on the first bus load. Whenever it is, <laughs> I want to be one of the first ones on the bus and riding there, come on, driver, drive fast. Get us out of here. And so here's the deal. I just felt like I felt compelled to preach this message. I felt compelled to, to share with you because, see, here's the thing. We're living in a day and a time where people have questions. And if they ask us something about this and we don't know, we're missing a grand opportunity. 
Again, we don't have to have all the answers. The only thing we need to know is how to make it right with God. See, if you've got it right with God, you don't have to worry about all that tribulation. You don't have to worry about all those negative things that are going to happen because we're going to be out of here and we're going to be with the Lord forever. That's what 1 Thessalonians says. So here's the deal. If you are here this morning, and there's even the slightest glint of doubt about where you're at with the Lord. If there's even the slightest doubt that you might be one of those, like the ten virgins, they were, they were in the crowd. They were, they were virgins, they were ready, they had their oils full and lit, and they ran out of oil and the fire went out, and when they came, when the Lord came, they weren't ready. I don't know what all that means, but I know that we need to be ready and waiting. Maybe you're here and you have never made that commitment. I can guarantee you, according to what Jesus said, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father except by him. This is one of those times when it is down to the nitty-gritty, and I'm going to lay it out there as, as bold and as plain as I can. We're all going to live forever. We are eternal. When, when God made us and we became a soul, that soul lives forever. The only question is, where are you going to spend eternity? Only two choices. And this is not one of those Oprah Winfrey, all roads lead to God. There's one way, and that's Jesus Christ. We're living in a day and a time when that message makes us sound mean. People call us narrow-minded, intolerant, you name it. There's a ton of words that people are using. Here's the deal. The only reason I talk about it is because I don't want anybody to go to hell. He's being patient on our behalf. Not wishing that anyone would be destroyed. Not wishing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. We work with people. We live next door to people. We meet people in Walmart, at a restaurant. And I realize I'm super sensitive to this message because God called me to be a preacher. But one of the first questions I ask myself, where are they headed? When people come in here on Sunday morning, where are they headed? If I don't know. We got to live with this in the forefront we can't we can't just be super focused on it but here's the deal it's it's close i don't know exactly when it's going to happen but it's closer than it's ever been they were looking for it two thousand years ago and we're looking for it today the lord's not slack concerning his promise he is coming back with every head bowed every eye closed are you ready are you ready? If it were to take place just as we were walking out of this building, if, the, if, the, if we heard the trumpet of God and the, the voice of God cried out, come on up, would you be in that number? This is not a time to be self-engrossed. It's not a time to be embarrassed. It's not a time to, to think about anything other than the fact if it were to be today, would I be one of those? of that number if it is not 
I encourage you, I implore you, please be saved. If you're not right, if you're not exactly where you need to be, then make it right today. Nobody's looking around, but if that's you, and you simply say, I want to make it right with God, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. I see that hand. You can put them back down. Anybody else? Very quickly. I just need to make it right with the Lord. Anyone else? Very quickly. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to mean it from your heart. And if you want to pray your own prayer, that's fine. But if you want me to pray with you, this is what I would tell you to pray. Heavenly Father, I need you. I am lost and undone without you. I want to be where you're at. And should that be today or should that be after I am gone, then, Lord, that's fine. But the one thing I want to have the assurity in my heart for is that I'm ready. 